Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey Neat, Spirited Conversations with Interesting People. I am your host, Christopher Hart. Very serious, very professional. Everyone better take me seriously. Your host, Christopher Hart. Uh, we are now two weeks past the social, right? This will air Friday. You're going to knock it out, Jack, before Friday? Sweet. Um it was a, a fun conversation with two people. So let me back up a little bit. So about a year and a half ago, there was a group that was formed called the Houston Bourbon Consortium. It was a three-restaurant owner group of uh, world-famous Chris Shepard chef from Underbelly Hospitality, uh, Morgan Weber from Agricole Hospitality, and of course, uh, Kevin Floyd. Kevin Floyd recently left that group and got out of the hospitality industry and now it is uh the no one really knew the details behind it publicly plenty of things have been said behind the camera but they would make these trips to kentucky every year where they'd pick out barrels really hard to get barrels to old weller antique buffalo trace willet the stuff that no one else would get in, in texas especially me this last trip that happened in March, Kevin didn't go, and the Houston Bourbon Consortium was then named the Houston, the Kentucky Tejas Club, and people were kind of wanting to know the backstory behind it. So I ran into Morgan at an event a couple of weeks ago, and I said, hey, buddy, why don't you come on, tell us the story of what happened, and of course, we had to sit down with Chris Shepard. So uh, today, we have Chris Shepard and Morgan Weber. We kind of sit down and talk about their history in this industry, the whiskey. Chris has an incredible collection himself that he's been collecting over the past few years. And um, we find out what happened to the Kentucky Tejas Club and why it's uh, no longer the Houston Bourbon Consortium. This isn't some drama-filled episode. We just basically get the story behind it, why they changed names, and, of course, what's coming down the pipeline. What What are these guys working on? Uh, Chris is a part of something called uh, Southern Smoke, which is this fantastic, massive event that features barbecue and raises a shit ton of money for charity. You may want to write that down. And uh, these guys just have these... They're friends. They've got this intertwined life where they've done a lot together. And it's an honor for me to sit down and talk to them both. So, And we do it over vintage whiskey, right? So we sit down with this 89-old Taylor. We, we visit a 1969 uh, Dant. Uh, and, of course, you no vintage tasting would be sufficient without a nice 70s wild turkey. So fantastic discussion with these guys. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Let me remind you guys, we could... Uh, you know, rate and review us on iTunes. Every show airs Friday on iTunes and all podcast platforms. And with the Facebook version or the radio version being posted the next day on 97.5 FM ESPN in Houston. Uh, I think that covers all of our bases, uh, all of our bases, rate and review us and uh, cheers. Morgan, our third time. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Chris, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I've wanted to, <clears throat> to have you on for a while, but I only just asked. So I don't know why it waited so long to ask. You, I guess if you would have asked before, I probably would have been here before. Yeah. But, you know, that's how that works. I've, I've, I've been wanting, I've been wanting you on the show forever now. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've said that many times. I've, I've, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. That's correct. Yeah. So finally, uh, I had I got a little warmed up at Tastemakers and I uh, saw Morgan and he we had a, a brief discussion and I saw you running around cause you seemed so busy during that whole thing. And, uh, I was like, Oh, you know what? Now's the time to ask. And and he was like, well, this is his PR person, right? She just happened to be standing right next to you. <laughs> was standing there. So I was like, yeah. okay, all right, well, let's do this. Yeah. Came together. Cause you, the first time, and I know this is going to sound, you know, where the hell have I been? I wasn't really in the food scene before. The first thing I really saw on you that led me know that you were, and the whiskey was an article about it. There was an article that was done with you, I think, in the Houston Chronicle or something about your whiskey collection. Yeah, probably. about three years ago. Probably, yeah. And uh, you, you're a whiskey drinker. I am. Yeah, definitely. Um, some might call him a whiskey hoarder. Yeah, some might call me that. Um, started about five years ago. I mean, that's all been five years of collecting, yeah. and it's happened a lot, really fast. Um, it's one of those hobbies that does that to you, though. Yeah, and it was basically just Lindsay saying, "Hey, let's put a little small bar together." For when, you know, 
people come over and then it turned into, um, well, if you want a gin and something, you're going to have to dig behind all of that. And sure. if you want something other than bourbon, you're going to have to dig behind the bourbon to get to that. So sure. There's a very small selection of other stuff that's not of this varietal. I, I still have the same bottle of sky blue vodka that's been sitting in our freezer <laughs> for like, not even kidding, 10 years. <laughs> We just we never drink vodka when I have the no. option. It's not, I mean, if I'm not in a whiskey mood, there's some fantastic rums or some some great brandies from our friend Joe, uh, Joe Heron from Copper and Kings. I, I I end up finding a reason to never make it to that far down on the list <laughs> to get vodka in my glass. Well, if I'm at home, it's I'm gonna have a bourbon. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that when people come over, I'm like, you guys want something to drink, and they just look at this wall and they're like, it becomes mesmerizing. Sure, yeah. at some point, and so that's always just where it tends to go. Oh, and it's just kind of bred upon itself. Last time I was at your house was for that charity dinner. Yeah. Hadn't been there in about a year. And like, he's got a back wall. It's probably not too dissimilar from this back wall with shelves on it. And it's, it was full of bourbon the last time I was there. Uh, or when I was there a year ago, last time I was there, maybe two months ago, it had kind of bred and <laughs> and it it's now spilling over into the living room and mm. then into the hallway. Yeah, it's kind of everywhere. the kitchen. Well, because when we buy barrels, I buy a case of everything. Sure. You know, and that's been the thing. It's like buying whiskey off the market now is, 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 you know, it can be entertaining, but like if you can find something that's really special, that's, that's where you should go. Yeah. Well, and that's actually, it leads me to my next point and feel free. We can, we can cut this out if you don't want to answer it, but, um, you've got this pretty incredible, decent collection of old vintage stuff, like stuff that, that, that the only place I know where to get it, I know two of two places to get it is overseas auctions or mm -hmm. Facebook black market. Right. Yeah. But you're not really a social media guy and, and meaning I don't see you on the boards unless you're doing all this under some fake account, but I'm meaning where do you get your, where do you, for in five years for you to accrue this massive collection, where do you find your outlet to, to accrue uh, these Overseas things? accounts, overseas auctions, auctions and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and for the most part, I've had pretty good luck with it. Um, you know, the Facebook stuff, I don't, we talked about this when we were in Louisville last time is like, I, the, the Facebook thing that is a page. And so I can't see other things. Right. It's not. Yeah. I'm familiar. It's a business thing. Yeah. Whatever He's got so many friends. I, I don't, but <laughs> technically, I, whatever. Um, <laughs> it became a business, right? Sure. And so um, I, we've talked about me doing a fake Facebook thing or whatever, but that there is a separate one or whatever. I don't really understand it. Sure. And that's probably not a good thing for me to do. I should probably just stick to what I know. Right. And so, yeah, I just do it in overseas well, markets. <clears throat> when you say it's not going to be a good thing to do, I would say probably not to your wallet yeah, because there's yeah. so many incredible and you get in the right groups. And I know a few people who can't afford to be seen, you know, cause they either work in the industry or something. And so they'll use a fake burner account, but but they'll let the admins know who they really are so that there's never any, you know, there's always the accountability, yeah. they all, you know. And, uh, I mean, just in the last few years alone, it, it's it's incredible how your collection grows. I mean, I, my collection always fluctuates right before the event because we're buying for the event mm. and other stuff, right? So this was all bought just before the event. Gotcha. How many bottles are you sitting on? I feel like... Old stuff or just, just total? Just in general. Like, what do you... At your house, what, what's the Chris Shepard collection look like? I have no idea, man. If I was gonna throw a number on it, probably five hundred, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four or five hundred bottles. And there's a there's a ton of people I know of in Houston that are sitting on that kind of product. And, That's crazy, isn't it? And uh, I mean, when I say a ton, I mean several hundred people that I know of. That and it's weird that there's this whole underlying thing and no one's really talking about it, other than yeah, on on this little show. <laughs> Do you feel like that's uh you know, particularly unusual for Houston or, or, I do. or America. Yeah. Do you so think I, Houston has like this nucleus of I, collectors? I, listen, I, you and I both know of some places that, um, well, let me find a better way to word that. I'll take a little bit of that as well. I, I think it's very unique to Houston. And I, and I know that based off my experiences with dealing other markets and bringing in like when we want to bring, like we got MB Roland distribution for the full state because we wanted just private barrels of it. We work with distributors God, what a like treat for the distributor for the distillery too to like have somebody help run help bring them into market, yeah. On that, man. Well that's the biggest pain for distilleries. Is trying small to get ones. Oh, dude, yeah. have you yeah and uh, navigating new <laughs> state liquor laws? God, that's a beating. I'm not gonna say who, but I we all know of certain uh liquor store buyers that some of those meetings are absolute hell just trying to get new products into their 
yeah. into their stores. We know what you're talking about. <laughs> but the uh, I have no idea, so that's good. <laughs> the <laughs> I don't I don't that old turkey is so good. I think it's very unique to Houston is my whole point. I think Houston is uh there, there's there's been a movement here for a long. It's like our food scene here is ridiculous. Yeah. It, I, and it's there are great food scenes in other cities, but it's not quite like Houston. And it's it's not me trying to brag on a Facebook group. It's me trying to brag on the city. I know many people who aren't in Facebook groups that yep. have these incredible collections. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's just kind of surprising that once you kind of get into this hobby, you all of a sudden meet people that have been doing this for so long. And there's a huge – I mean, the GCBM meeting you were invited to, most of those guys mm-hmm. don't like Facebook. Yeah, and that group – Golf Coast Bourbon Maniacs, there's a group of – we call yeah. I call them I call them old dogs. They've been doing this for uh, before it was cool. They've been doing it in Houston for eleven years, and these are all older guys with lots of liquid income and incredible collections. And there, there's no Facebook group for it. Mm-hmm. They just have been getting together once a year for a bottle share, and everyone brings stuff like this and this. And you know, Randy Blank. Do you know who Randy Blank is? I'm, Ran- I'm, I really don't know anybody, which is kind of nice. <laughs> so he he bought he I mean that's honest. He he bought the first private barrel of of uh, Pappy Van Winkle in like 2002. Before okay. it was Pappy Van Winkle, right? Yeah, of course. And uh, now his, va- they're called Van Blankles uh, because his last name is Blank. But those bottles cost him like twenty-seven a piece, and they're going for thirty-five hundred a piece right now on secondary. So and he's got two left in his collection. Um, it, it's just, it's just a, a fascinating thing. I don't get that stuff. Yeah, how the, it goes the, for crazy amounts. Yeah, the selling of it. But yeah, there's no deals them. left on Facebook anymore. Yeah. No. And if there are, they're few and far between. And. Yeah, I want to see this I've like stopped, a twelve dollar bottle. Stopped, I paid two fifty for it. Yeah, I've stopped right? buying on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, I, I don't. Every now and then something. I cool want to see it to squeak. see it. Yeah, yeah. But every now and then something will, something cool will squeak through on eBay, even though it's not supposed to. Sure. So I've acquired a few that way. Uh, some great decanters on eBay because decanters, you can't see them. So yeah, you, yeah. You're like, and and you can just list in the auction. Yeah. New, but what that really means is they're full. Yeah. Like, you, but then you can't say that they're full because yeah. you know. Oh, is that how that works? But I mean, yeah. I'll see like even uh, like I picked up a '50s bottle of Old Taylor um, a couple months ago on on eBay that I think it was probably an estate sale find. Sure. And it, the person who was selling it didn't really know what they had, and so they were truly just selling it to move it. That's, that's the only deals left that I found. The estate finds are great. There's actually a sign up for Houston, and every once in a while you'll see everyone I've ever been to. I'll show up on Saturday morning. There's two types of people there. Ninety percent of it is older people trying to salvage what they can from some house yeah. or whatever. And then I'll see two or three bourbon guys because there's in the pictures listed online there'll be like a you don't know if it's full or not, but it'll be like a decanter of old uh-huh. fits or something, and you're like shit. That's, I, that'd be I got fantastic. A, my best estate sale uh, estate sale find was in the Heights, maybe three years ago. <laughs> And I got a uh, 19 – it was all 1950 stuff. It was Old Forester, I.W. Harper. I got a full bottled and bond Kentucky Tavern still in the box. It's ridiculous. Amazing. I think I paid $200 for the whole deal. <laughs> for the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like 10 bottles. I didn't, I didn't flip any. I'm not a flipper. I, no. I, I'm a drinker. I don't, I don't know that I've ever really flipped a bottle. I have not. I That's I have, the rule. but it's been a few yeah. years, and it, but it wasn't it wasn't flipping for purpose. It's we uh, I have a smaller older home from the eighties, yeah, yeah. and we at a, at a certain point we had to build shelving in the garage. And I was like, <laughs> I'll just offset the expense of building shelving by yeah. selling what I have, cleared out a couple cases of old old Weller twelve, and built shelving in the garage. It was perfect. So. Yeah, it's a good way to do it. Since then, no, since then it's basically buying for the event, or yeah. you know, when I got T J Miller in here, I wanted to make sure we had something cool so we got some habikis and oh, that's you cool. know yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's that so uh, you're here for a reason today yeah you guys are two-thirds of the original houston bourbon consortium a mm-hmm. uh, couple i want to say um probably eight months ago it was a quite a while ago you and kevin came in here yeah and we had the discussion that was the first time i mentioned i really want to get chris shepherd on and never made the attempt to reach out again <laughs> again <laughs> If you and don't ask, um, the answer is no. Yeah. So we we uh, we discussed like what the idea was behind it, how you guys came about it. You guys were doing a maker's mark pick, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, y'all's you the maker's pick's probably the most famous of I would say the HBC lot. Um, HBC's makers went. I mean, people were going crazy at champing yeah. at the bit for it, right? So <laughs> it's crazy. <insane. laughs> uh, we I remember when it was released. I think you may have messaged me and said that, "Hey, we're gonna offload some of these to retail to kind of alleviate yeah. some whatever." And I remember someone mentioning it 
offhanded. You mentioned it to me directly that it was, hey, we're probably going to do it next Saturday or something. Yeah, yeah. And then it, and then I started getting texts from people like off of Facebook, offline. They were like, hey, just so you know, I hear Morgan's, you know, da da da. da. And, uh, and then it sold out that day. That day yeah. they had to put a limit on it. I mean, Houston, crazy. Houston wine merchant went nuts for it. I think there were like 70 people in line around the building or something. Uh, yeah. Like, Antonio told me that like I had a six pack sitting there and like people were actually like arguing over that. And he's like, it's, it's for Chris. It's, it's already spoken. <laughs> Come on. It says his name on the side of the box. I've known Chris. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. have you guys ever thought about doing as, as, as disgusting as this might sound, uh, autographs or, uh, you know, like the day of a release going up there and so people can take pictures with you guys. I Honestly, mean, you're just getting it to the retailer because we're not really organized. That's totally like we fly by the seat of our pants with all this. Like to actually I'm a little familiar together. with how yeah. offhanded that, yeah. that can to be. To actually yeah. organize something to the point where that could happen. Like, dude, we're so lucky just to get it to the places and like, be slightly organized enough to do I that. found out after it was released. So <laughs> like, legitimately Antonio told me, he was like, Hey, your stuff's sitting here and people are fighting over it. Yeah. Can you please you come, come get, get it? it? And I was like, yeah. Oh, really? That's, I didn't know. That's cool. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, it feels good, right? Doesn't that give you any kind of I mean you, at this point you yeah. guys are, you guys are a bit of notoriety behind it. I mean, you. it's fun. It's uh I think when we started doing picks together, it changed everything because now it's not just eight row flint cultivare taking 200 250 bottles of everything at one time so being able to have a wider variety in our restaurants is something that we really enjoy i mean yeah between i think that between the two of us specifically i think our palates are pretty similar but yeah slightly different in the same thing like he looks for certain things and i look for other things yeah. and you know i don't really know what those are they just really taste good to me and but it seems like when we do a barrel or something we pretty much lock in on the same stuff without knowing it was like, mm -hmm. yep. So uh, I'll ask you this and, and I've, I've got more questions about this, but we'll see it for the next segment, but I'll ask this real quick and then we can go to commercial. What is y'all's favorite pick that has been so far? What's the pick that, is it the makers Oof. that was tied that was uh, tried to recreate the, was it sixties old fits? Mm -hmm. fits? Uh, yeah. yeah, that was what we tried to match on that one. My personal favorites were our day at will it last year. Picking with Larry and Susie and Sean. And I wasn't there. That was guys. the first one, though. I yeah. had to leave. It was the first Willet. Oh, yeah, you did have to leave. leave. Yeah, the partnership y'all did. Yeah. Damn. But you guys did a great job. I'm not um, arguing with that. And then probably second favorite is our Russell's picks from last year. Yeah. Those were a lot of fun. For me, just like the I, – I think the Makers one was delicious. Um, <laughs> as As – Weird as it sounds, the Buffalo Trace one that we did last year, just the ten year Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Was so outstanding. Yeah. And it's it's the one that had the label around the neck that kind of wrapped around the bottle a little bit. Uh yes. It was just standard issue mm -hmm. Buffalo Trace. I think that was the best one of the whole day. Yeah. It was because I think we did a Blanton's barrel, two Weller Antique barrels, and the Buffalo Trace yeah. barrel. And everybody was like, Dude, the Buffalo Trace is fucking good. Yeah. And I, and I can't wait for our Willet that's coming out now. Who initiates making this happen? Because like, you guys obviously are managing your own restaurants, several yeah. concepts. Who's deciding, you know, like, uh, hey. I put <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey, we want to go back and. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to get all of our picks lined up at the beginning of each year. Um I think, and I don't know if I can, if this is actual truth, but I feel like there's more options because the distilleries have kind of gone through their inventory for 20, for the beginning of each year. So I try to get in with, when there's more options. Okay. So I, I could tell you that uh, several distillers, including Wild Turkey, told me the exact same thing. That yeah. And Wild if, Turkey is the one that if you get, kind of preempted if you me on that. Pick earlier in the year, you're going to have a little bit older stock. Yeah. First option, you know, I mean, obviously when someone comes through and they're not tasting through everything that's been set aside for the whole year, but uh, you are getting some of the older stuff right up right up front. So you guys yeah, try to and do I it. think Wild Turkey is, to me, one of the most interesting because Eddie Russell will seriously just walk around until you're either sideways or happy with what you pick. He couldn't be more hospitable. Yeah. He's a great yeah. guy. That's yeah. a great like, experience wise. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. And we Beautiful. didn't get to do that in early year. March, no. which I was sad about because our schedules just didn't You didn't do up. a Russell's pick? Mm -hmm. No. I mean, we did four last year. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, we did two Russell's and two, two uh, Kentucky spirit. Kentucky yeah. spirits. Yeah. yeah. Really holding out for Russell's rye barrel. Uh, I keep, 
pestering every year, but um, but Campari recently has locked down. So it's it's I, I say this, it's gonna be harder for me, it's not gonna be harder for you guys, but but we ask every year to bring that back because it's some of the best stuff that's ever been Man, out. Man, I love Russell's rye so much. It's it's some of the best rye that's on the market, yeah. period, hands down. Yeah. And so. I have no idea what they're doing differently. So Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so this Dan, I actually picked up from Mr. Canfield, which you guys got to spend some time in March, yeah? Yeah, guys. Yeah, he went with so us this year, which is a lot a, of fun. Such that a guy phenomenal dude. Also has just an insane palate. He's so uh, like humble about it. <laughs> he came to my event in March and he was uh every year he comes. So the first year, I don't know if he's ever told you this story, but the first year we did it in Seabrook. Okay. Kept it small, under three hundred people. And uh, he came down with his friend Trey, and they went to Seabrook. They Ubered down from Houston, and at the time, Uber did not have a presence in Seabrook. So they couldn't get back? They couldn't get back. <laughs> so I, I had actually called Uber beforehand and said, hey, we're doing I've this whiskey festival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, we're, we're having this whiskey festival. Please make sure there's enough Uber drivers in the area. They said they would. They gave me a promo code. We promoted it. And then, then there's like two oh, cars. And so then there's good. like two cars, and Canfield like couldn't gun. come home. So I feel like I'm constantly in debt to Michael Canfield. Yeah, like fair enough. Four years later, <laughs> he got pampered at the social this year. Though we brought him in the green room and we're pouring the old stuff. Nice. <laughs> this this tastes like bubblegum, man. Yeah. Like that's crazy. This is what I find so much more interesting about old stuff than new stuff. Just the difference in flavor profile. Oh, everybody was completely. Like, There's like a medicinal note on the back end. Mm-hmm. Everybody was so different. So, so with with well, there was no technology. Yeah, <laughs> everything was by hand. Yeah. Um, what there? So there's now HBC is no longer. Yeah, and you guys actually figured that out or well, decided that we, on this. Yeah, trip we decided back in March. It on, the, on the trip in March. Um, what happened there? Well, we. You're not the only one that has brought up the uh, crazy similarities between Houston Bourbon Society and Houston Bourbon Consortium. Our, on our and logo. the logo. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it was always – I was constantly confused, right? So I got a – I got a, just to interrupt you for a second. I got a photo from someone that was just at Makers. Uh-huh. And uh, he I'll, he's the main guy that orders for Total Wine nationally. So whatever the corporate office is in Maryland or whatever it is, Kevin sends me a photo. He's like, hey, you guys are famous. And we're on the wall at, at, at Makers, right? Uh-huh. And then on a menu later that night, and he saw a picture – but it was Houston Bourbon Consortium. <laughs> Both of the bottle and the the menu item was y'all, not us. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "You guys are killing it." I'm like, "It's not us." <laughs> <laughs> not quite the same. Well, from <laughs> inception, it was confusing, and we I think we put so little thought into it right out of the gate, <laughs> like literally in a it's car most on the happen. way. Uh, yeah, um, and it was like, "What do you think of this name?" I was like, "I don't care." Was yeah, like, what I is did, consortium? Yeah, I don't what understand what we're even talking about. So. Uh, we took since Kevin uh, kind of left the hospitality industry in general. We decided to because it, it was make you three that were yeah. that were all yeah, running yeah. the Instagram account and the he was mostly running the Instagram account. Because uh, last time you is he was he running their website? Because when you came in last time, you didn't even know that you guys had a website. Is yeah, there a I, website? I didn't there's know a, a website with you guys. There's a Houston Bourbon Consortium website. Didn't know that either. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Tejas Kentucky Club does not have a website. Um, no. Yeah, so we we're like, you know what? That was confusing from the jump. Let's just use this as a clean break to do something different. And when I started organizing this, uh, so same this thing, trip, same concept, different pickering group because it's YouTube yeah. I mean, and- it's basically us, Weston, and then it's an evolving door of a revolving door of people from the That's restaurants. Cool. Sure, yeah. yeah. I tried to take at least one or two of our managers with us from across the concepts on every trip because I think it's just such an eye-opening. Like until you see oh, the beautiful. massive yeah. fermenting tanks at Buffalo Trace, you don't understand the scale on which they're making this stuff, right? So it's a great learning experience for our our guys, whether it's a Cultivare or A-Row or wherever. And then Weston's got a phenomenal palate too, so it's always fun. I've wanted to get to know him more. I, I don't think I included him in our in our on-premise chat with their beer that's coming out or, mm-hmm. or is about to come out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
he, he seems like your would, would you say he's your right hand person for pretty much everything or Weston? That's me. Uh, okay, so sorry, yeah. I, I knew Weston in the yeah, chat, yeah. but I haven't really. We're all good friends, but he is. I mean, he totally runs the beverage program. Yeah, yeah our spirits. Yeah, he does all our spirits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bar. He seems like a really and it's such. I mean, always such a deep dive on the nerdy shit. Like it's, <laughs> it's crazy. He's he he, so encyclopedic. He really is. Like you can start talking about something. He's like, and I'm like. You're 25. Yeah, stop, stop trying to impress <laughs> me. You already got the job. How but you know this, what? Like, for how does this work? for his how do you remember all of this generation? Done what you've done so much so far for his generation, man. There's very few people in our professional industry that take their job as seriously as he does, mm-hmm. and I think that is so. Like he's special. He is. I mean, I think it's super cool. Would you say that? Because everybody wants to be spoon fed shit now. Sure. And that's so annoying. But would you say that so it's, just it's more own. common now than ever? Yeah. Because, because no, 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 not the spoon fed thing, but I mean like I see people like Sarah Troxel or the, you know, these really like really driven lifelong, they're, they've made a career out of the hospitality industry. Yeah. You know, like your Bobby but, Hugels and your, you know, at, I le- mean, at least Blackman, It's right? easy to name off a dozen of those compared to the considering the size yeah. of the city that yeah. we live in and how big the hospitality industry is. It's a shockingly few amount of people. Mm. So you say it's still it's still very common to just not have someone like the Westons or the yeah well opinion. not somebody that's going to deep dive into all the information that's available to them you know and that's, right you know goes for cooks or goes for anything bar yeah like I think that goes that speaks to a, a much deeper hole yeah it's, that's probably that's, not that's a whole other show this, sure <laughs> which is just staffing at restaurants and bars yeah. in Houston. You know, right and what, what people are willing to learn these days and what people yeah. are willing to do all the time. Uh, I 100% agree, and I know it's not the same comparison, but just when we first had the, the concept for this whiskey festival, we had a lot of people who loved the idea said, I'm willing to – I want to be a part of this. I want to help. And then that's right after the event. And then you got to wait eight months for the next event. And in that time, everyone com- – those hands don't raise as fast, do they? Correct. It, yeah. it's, 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 when it finally comes time to, to get people who want to be involved, and we're not talking about for free, you know, paying them and them being a part of it. And it, it's amazing how many people, for a lack of a, I feel like this word doesn't give the, the unctuousness that I want it to have. And that's mm-hmm. flake. That flake isn't quite severe enough, but they basically, they just, they say they want to be involved and then, and then yeah. they're, they're just not, you know, in theory, it's like, I want to be, a successful person when I grew up. Well, how late are you sleeping in? I'm sleeping in until noon every day. Well, like, then you're not going to be successful. Sorry, I've been up since 4:30 this morning. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but oh, that's ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. That 78 turkey is just as fantastic. I actually yeah. found. Um, actually, I, I say I found. I I had a buddy that just happened to be passing through some West Texas town, some small hole in the wall. Uh, liquor store and found a turkey decanter from 78 full. Seriously? Tax tax strip still intact. Uh, and those are few and far between now. Extremely few and far between and and I, I couldn't be happier with it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean I'm excited just kind of about the way all this is going. We haven't we don't we still don't have a plan for the Tejas Kentucky Club. Like Who came up with the name? I did. Uh, but just in like texting this group I just knee jerk reaction was like called it the Tejas Kentucky Club and we, because uh, the you know the Kentucky Club is in Juarez, Mexico. Sure. And I didn't know there that there was this massive Texas influence just across the border in Juarez in the fifties, and actually going back earlier than that. Um, so it's like I don't know, this is kind of hand holding thing with the you can do Texas merch. Stuff. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> we have a good logo now. I say I, that. Who's buying that? The, Somebody no, commented I, I on would, that. I would buy that. I, yeah, I'm asking. Yeah. I'm asking out of not out of to be a simple asshole. Maybe that's asshole. how we monetize it. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the way to monetize it. Yeah. So the the logo's great, and uh, the shirts the shirts that we use are great. But I the logo uh, the the printing process of the company that we use for our shirts just garbage. So. I like the idea of like a nice soft textured shirt with that logo that you showed me because the logo you showed me shows very much like is that looks very much like uh, the Knob Creek yeah yeah. matte paper looking you know what I mean that was unintentional no no like (laughs) they don't care you guys you guys rip everybody you guys do enough with Beam I think they can relax (laughs) on this one the uh, no but I think you guys absolutely should if you've got the website depending on who's in control of that website just. Change the name to Kentucky Tejas Club. Yeah. Throw some shirts up there. Yeah. I would buy a Kentucky <laughs> Tejas shirt. Yeah. 
and I know about, I know a group of about 5,500 that maybe 10, if 10% of them bought shirts, hey. that'd be pretty great. Side business. I'm already on it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got people for that. So Chris Shepard, man, I, I'll wait till you're done texting, but I you're really good. want, I want to know, uh, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're food king, you're Houston food king. That's weird. You've been on Netflix shows. And what, what would you prefer? I don't know. Food queen? <laughs> food queen? No. Don't I don't want to assume it's, there's a gender stereotype there. You don't want to skip no, right over I that. I mean, whatever. You've done a lot for Houston. You know that. I mean, you've done Netflix. Morgan's done a Netflix pilot pitch that hasn't gotten that far yet. We'll, we'll see how it goes. By the way, did you see the... It looks great. It looks great, right? Yeah, they did such great. a great job. What'd you do? We... we <laughs> I, I TV now? <laughs> maybe. We'll see. TV star. We'll see. I want to see it. <laughs> I'll show you the intro. It's got his name in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we, we, had a, we had an idea for a show in Houston that would kind of showcase the city's food culture, but also the obsession that people have outside of the bar with these incredible collections and that sort of thing. So uh, we featured Morgan and, and you don't, you know, Scotch has got like the stereotype of being a rich man's game, but you can go to a row Flint right now and have some of the best goddamn street tacos made with Brussels sprouts and a, and a great Scotch yeah. or a Mezcal or a rum yeah. or whatever. So, I actually had my first, uh, what was it, that frozen thing with wine? What was it called? Frosé. I had my first <laughs> I had my How first Frosé. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. So um, we we shot a pilot episode that we're editing and then we're shopping around. We're pitching. So it's gotten nowhere, but we have – You like how it turned out? I, dude, so far – I can't get over that opening shot. Yeah. They shot, did you see, they shot from inside the bottle and yeah, yeah. pulled out as it was, I mean, it was yeah. insane. So I, I've got the 30-second intro clip I'll show you. But cool. The idea is beyond the bar, just to kind of, you know, um, showcase the city's passion for brown water. And there's, I mean, Seattle's got an incredible scene. They've got that freaking, have you ever been to Canon in Seattle? Yeah. They've got bottles going back to the 1800s. They don't have you a lot pay of for them. Yeah, you do. <laughs> ain't cheap. Yeah, you do. History's He's not got cheap. Him. He doesn't necessarily want you to drink them. Sure. That's Speaking true. of drinking them, I'll take that 78 turkey off your hands. I'd yeah. like to hear the story about the – I know I saw the article about it, about the, the big smoke. You've got that. Yeah, so Wouldn't you want to do that twice a year? Uh, there was talk about you doing it. Kind of. It, yeah, it's yeah. – it's, there's only one big one, which is in the fall, but um, so big smoke. Like by the way, is a cigar event in Vegas. <laughs> spring is yeah. Spring is like uh, it's too much to do a big festival twice a year. Plus, like, people get burned out on it. Sure, yeah. And so um, tried that one year. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, two two things is two things is hard to do. So um, this year, like we started talking about it, and then we found that the need for getting people funds year round is an actual thing, you know? And so instead of just donating one giant check to an organization, it would became a uh, emergency relief fund that we started uh, with the application process and a verifying committee and then an awards committee. And, and um, so it does it year round instead of mm -hmm. just one big thing. Yeah. So like if someone was in need right now, like they could go online to southernsmoke.org, put an application, fill out the application and we would, that, the organization will start dealing with it. I say we, not me. Um, and that's a very clear thing that it's very anonymous. I have no idea. Sure. I don't know how much money goes out. Actually, I, I do because our executive director was like, hey, we just donated $9,000 today to an individual. Cool. Like, I don't know what for. I don't know why. I don't know anything. I know that the process. He kind of lets you know. The process went through. And it has many layers to get there, So, um, but it's really fast as well. So we understood that after um, this past fall that there's a definite need because there was an individual that was in a motorcycle accident and needed to get, you know, he just went through his fourth brain surgery and the fourth one was to put his skull back in. And the only reason I know this is because his mom told me to come to the hospital. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, insurance was up. I said, you're done. And it was like, go to a hospice That's or horrifying. find out, you know, Jeez. do whatever. His mom was like, well, what do I do? What's the best case scenario? And they're like, you need to get into tier, which isn't financially available for everyone. You know, if you don't what, have. I'm sorry, what do you mean? Tier is, is like a high end, like a trauma center that is a rehab facility. Okay. And really stresses on really bad cases. But it was $100,000 cash up front. And so we went through the process and um, they had. 24 hours to figure it out. And we walked in with a check for a hundred thousand dollars and like put you, 
Make your son live. Get so him to live. That's absolutely insane. So just to and before I ask this question, do we were we recording a little bit before? Okay, so we'll make sure we'll get the, the front end on this. But how, how much do you guys did you guys raise last year at Southern Smart? Four hundred and fifty thousand. Absolutely ridiculous. So in four years, we've we've donated back one point four million, which is an insane number for a bunch of as, us just as, uh, in the backyard cooking. You know, yeah. In, in essence, in the back parking lot, just having a party, mm-hmm. doing what we love to do, and. And this is, you said, in four years. Four years, yeah. So I remember the second and third year, because I remember uh, we had a guy up in Dallas kind of reach out to me and say this thing was happening. And we kind of pushed it out. We did an email blast to our followers or whatever. And uh, that was the first time I realized the magnitude of what this event is. It's actually a substantial event. I mean, you guys. Uh, yeah, every year it gets bigger. Yeah. You guys kill it. planning it right now. Like we have Southern Smoke Spring coming up next week and planning fall as we speak. You know, I've already got the asks out to chefs from around the country coming in and like sponsorships already rolling in. And we, that's what where it became big is when <clears throat> um, we decided at, after year two, like, because the first two years we'd like cut a check at the end of the event and be like, yay, we did this. I hope nobody sends us an invoice because yeah. I don't have any more money. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, we need to start an actual foundation. And so um, Catherine Lott, our executive director, came on board and has really handled so much of it. In fact, all of the back end, which is really Im- important to do because she's the one meeting with sponsors and like, okay, well, yeah. what do you get for your sponsorship? Issue. Yeah. And so without sponsors, like, I think we all know, like, it gets really expensive. But yeah. Super expensive. Yeah. When someone's like, here's the stage. Here's money for airline tickets for all the all the people coming in. Here's, you know, food. Here's this. Here's that. And so when you start being able to put money to the bottom line, it really makes a difference. And so. What I love about it, though, is that. It's still small enough that there's no bullshit as to how funds get distributed. Just oh. like Chris was saying, yeah. it's like, hey, Pretty straightforward. You know, this guy needs a hundred k to get into this deal, and you don't have to go through you know a million hoops mm-hmm. to get this check written. You're like, you need this right now. We have this right now. Let's go. go. So the name it does it does. I assume that there's a 501c3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it called Southern Smoke? or is Southern it? Smoke, yeah. Okay, I'm not sure if it had a different name or not. Oh. The um, So you guys, and the, and the fall event happens, you said the spring event happens next week. Yep, fall will be October 6th. October 6th. And you, so are we going to keep the two-year thing, or you think you're going to? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with this one, this weekend coming up, like we have three dinners with chefs at the restaurants. So Sunday night we have a dinner with Aaron Franklin at Georgia James. And then Monday night, Jamie Malone at... Uh, UB Preserve. And then w- Thursday night, we have Chris Cosentino and Jamie Bissonette for the closing dinner at 1 5th. And then Wednesday night, um, Dave Arnold's going to be at Preserve doing singing drinks all night. So um, that'll be fun. But I think the biggest, you know, those those dinners are all sold out except for like Dave Arnold's just kind of a come and hang out, do what you want. But He's I think, a fascinating guy. Yeah. I think – I, just having to source things for him is like insane. Um, I don't know where to get liquid nitrogen, man. That's just not in my real house. So, but <laughs> the important thing for me is like Tuesday and Wednesday is the part where our community can come together and and really support because it's folks like Morgan and and his group that are you know just restaurants all across the city that are doing the citywide steak night. So it's twenty restaurants across the city that forty four farms has donated all the beef and um, Chef's Produce has donated all the produce. So. It doesn't cost the restaurant anything, um, which is huge for us because we don't want with this organization that it costs a lot for restaurants to be a part of. Like, and that's always been the task, right? For any event where we ask to go do something, it's 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 cumbersome and cost costly for us to go do it if there's no return. This is we want to pay you for everything. Like, we want to make sure that you don't come out of pocket, and it's just a fundraising. It's actually fundraising. And not funds taking away. So, um, you know, there's 20 restaurants across the city that are all doing a different steak night on Tuesday and Wednesday. And depending on whatever price they sell it for, or whatever cut they've suggested, or whatever cut they've requested to do, um, each one's going to be different. And so, you can go out and have a steak. Money goes 100 goes back to Southern Smoke. So, is there a, a website or a list of those restaurants that they can find online? Yeah, southernsmoke.org. Yeah. So it's all going to be on southernsmoke.org. So yeah, southernsmoke.org. That, that one. You guys are at Indianola, right? And Cultivari. And Cultivari. Yeah. yeah. And so it's you know it's it's all over the board. Like it's all of our concepts. Hugo's is doing it. They, these guys are doing it. Passive Revisions, um, Kata, Goodnight Charlie's, Win. 
uh, Tris up in the woodlands. You're naming a lot of people I like. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it's David like David Keck is awesome. Yeah, because we didn't want to just do it with Sean Beck. A couple of people, like we wanted to branch it out. It's like you want to go have Vietnamese, it's cool. Go to Win and have this. You want to go to Nimbus yeah, on navigation? Wins and you know interpretation of state night. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, um, they're doing stuff at, at Nimbus on navigation as well. So it's like you can go all over. You don't have to just go to like specific restaurants it's pretty cool and the goal, the goal for that is that <clears throat> i don't really know how this gets done really like sure. i'm kind of nervous because like are people making reservations are people going to go out like i want this to be a big thing because then next year maybe it's 30 restaurants and then the next year it's 40 restaurants and the next year it's 50 restaurants and it, it becomes something that our industry as a whole in our city can get behind and people in our city and consumers in our city can get behind this and really support this. Um, cause it's, it does, it, it it's been seriously massively takes, successful. It's been fantastic. Yeah. It seriously I mean, takes care of our fun own ass event. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's important to mention too. It's like, this is not just to show up, pay a bunch of money and be like, Oh, this isn't even that fun. Like it's, tremendously fun like, yeah. it's awesome have you guys ever thought about doing something similar expanding on it past you know and and doing like uh, you know like restaurant week where you've got you know what i mean like if you, well that's kind of where steak night's going right that's where yeah. i would like to see it go. it's starting to take on a life of its own which is cool it is it is the the big festival though i mean people festival, are like hey a- why don't you do four days and yeah. do music and i'm like why no. don't you say <laughs> no like, you want to do that come on man but like for us it's, it's like, a lot of work we're all running restaurants and we're all doing things and so yeah. it's it's hard to to really do more than one day and ask somebody to do one day because i know you know i do time consuming i do events all over the country i mean to do it right and it's hard agriculture shuts down to do it like Mm -hmm. we have cookers fabricated like we everybody takes it seriously which is also a lot of fun too yeah (laughs) i mean we shut down our restaurants yeah like it's it's a lot have you guys ever thought about adding a um you know like doing it is it always going to be in that same area are you talking about the footprint keeps growing yeah that's what i was keep growing i mean when legacy came on board um they were like yeah use our parking lots and all of a sudden it was like oh man we just doubled in size yeah (laughs) okay here we go i mean it Um, basically turns into like a mini ren fair but just the food aspect of it like just like the the footprint the map keeps growing the 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 amount of food i mean i get meat sweats just thinking about the amount of food yeah um I'm trying to figure out a cool way to do it this year so it's a little bit different and a little bit more engaging for especially for like all the local chefs and yeah. uh and that's the hard part too is you're always trying to renovate or not renovate but think of uh innovate think of ways to make it more engaging each year it's like a business if you make a billion dollars one year and you make a billion dollars next year you fail like you have to make more it has to be more impressionable <laughs> yeah. makes make a bigger impact so that I people mean, want to keep coming it's, back it's putting food out for five hours you know with vip but it's it's one of those things like i don't ever really want to lay that on a restaurant to stand there and hand out you know hammer out food for five hours like that's a lot you know and so the 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 local chefs we've always just kind of rotated in at times, but then that's started to cause little issues because people come up and like, I thought Ryan Pear was up right now. He's like, no, that was two hours ago, man. That's posted everywhere. I'm not really sure what sure. to say right now, but he is completely <laughs> done or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. And so it's just like, how do I get this more engaging for everybody? How, so, many, how many people do you guys see? Do you guys get any kind of attendance? Uh, like, like 1,800? Yeah. That's ridiculous. 2,000. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, with sponsors, it can be close to that. And I, I But I still think that there's, there's, we could, Definitely have another five or six hundred more people. I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, but without it being just too crowded, sure. you know. And, and that's elbow to elbow. I, I I don't I don't I think about the guest experience a lot, um, and what they're having to go through because, like, I think right now there's not like outside of like Franklin, which I don't. <laughs> I legit like there's it's not a crazy. lot of lines. Like the lines are pretty short for food. Um, and there'll be 150 people in Aaron's. <laughs> man, when we open up the gates, like <laughs> it was like, like a freaking stampede, man. People are just. I was. I always walk to the gate. Like when VIP opens and then when general admission opens, I walk to the gate and I shake hands with every single person that walks to the door. And I was uh, like 30 seconds late, and it was legitimately like a people stampede. just running past me, and I was like, "What are you all doing?" Like there's plenty here and they're like Franklin and it was like <laughs> so you guys are just automatically putting yourself in a line that's, yeah. that's for hours yeah yeah <laughs> there's delicious roasted oysters over here there's like short ribs over here like hold up man <laughs> like well, he's got plenty of food but like it just happens yeah it's crazy and props to him for for garnering that yeah let me see your old bars down there yeah Kentucky only release 
You actually started doing quite a bit with Willet recently, right? I mean, you guys have become real close yeah. real fast. Um, Drew and I got introduced last year. Uh, hello. We'll through it. a bit of an icon. Yeah. I mean, uh, through, through Larry Rice. Yeah. Larry's become yeah. a good friend of ours over the years. Um, we do as many barrel picks with Larry and Susie as we possibly can just because it's so much fun. But he sat, uh, sat in this year on our Buffalo Trace pick. Just because he was, just because, yeah. yeah, he wanted to come hang out. He, yeah. he did one like two days before that, right? The day before that, the day before, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He did one with Fred Minnick for Bourbon and Beyond, and uh, the next day he was like, "What are y'all doing?" It's like, "Wow, we're gonna be at Buffalo Trace." Like, what time? Yeah, <laughs> he just shows it, up because it was like, it's "I want to eat, I wanna, I wanna yeah. eat it." What, was it Rick's White Light? Yeah, Rick's White Light Diner. Which, if you're ever in Frankfurt and you're like in a bind for lunch, you got to go to Rick's White Light. Even Diner. if you're not in a bind, you just go eat there. Are you saying uh, Rick's White Lightning? Rick's, Rick's White, Light. White Light Diner. White yeah, light. I don't even. Yeah, know. White it light is diner. so good. It's it's seven probably like minutes from Buffalo Trace. Twelve seats, uh, yeah. maybe you know. When fifteen at most. When we all go there, we literally crash. I think every seat that's mm-hmm. there, but it's awesome. So uh, anyway, Drew and I became friends through uh, through uh, Larry after last year's pick that we did for Southern Smoke for the Hurricane Harvey. Oh, I didn't know you guys did a pick for Southern Smoke. Uh, so we did. It was called Storm Dollar. Um, oh, that was the the that was the, the Ryan Phoenix, Bourbon. Right? Well, we did we did uh, Flood Dollar. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> with Copper and Kings and Joe, but the Willet. Um, was called but the Willet was Storm Dollar Rye and Storm Dollar Bourbon, and we split those with the Silver Dollar uh, in Louisville. So got to be friends with uh, with Drew over the course of uh, two or three picks, and just kind of being out there and. I was like, man, how, I love what you're doing. Like everybody just loses their mind over Buffalo Trace sure. stuff, right? It's like anything that's got an Eagle Rare or a Blanton's or a Weller Antique, they're like, this is the best bourbon that could ever be. Uh, or had. Buffalo Trace, right? <laughs> or Buffalo Trace. I mean, and it was a solid. You know, when people when people ask me what uh, what I'm really excited about, what I'm into, it's Willet. I mean, I think it's such a crazy scenario that Willet exists under. In that there's still a small family-owned distillery that has insane infrastructure and zero debt attached to it. Like, they have 40,000 barrels resting that they don't owe any money on. Like, that is unheard of. Yeah. And they've been renovating the last couple of years. It's been a gorgeous renovation. Yeah. That restaurant open, yeah. Uh, Yeah. The restaurant's now open. They, they, you know, they have a bar up there. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, is that the one y'all were put? That's where we did the pit. Gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I well, didn't know that was right upstairs. Yeah, yeah. So it's right upstairs I'm not, from the I'm tasting sorry, room. I'm sorry. I'm a poor person compared to you. <laughs> well, I'm no Morgan Weber, so to well, speak. Well, you know, it was so cold. Normally, you know, every time we've been at Willet, we always do the- uh, <laughs> We start from- We always there. do the barrel picks in the Rick houses. Um, no, but so it was so cold and it was like 11 degrees. It was so fucking cold. Mm-hmm. I'm not built for that. Um, we, we went in January with Wade. It was literally one uh, degree. Dude, I've I, never I been- I have zero help. patience for that. I don't like the hot. I'm kind of a moderate guy. Cellar temp is where I need to Cellar temp. Yeah. Give me that 35, 45 degree weather. Yeah. So uh, it was so cold that we did the picks upstairs in the new bar. And he's explaining it to us. And it's like a beautiful back bar. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit the mic. Beautiful back bar. And it's all of this just like single barrels of Willet. Of like crazy stuff. And, you know, antique chartreuse, antique Campari, antique everything, right? Like true, what's going on? He built on here? a man cave on the second floor. Kinda, give, yeah. But now it's legal to sell sure. antique booze in Kentucky. And he's like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "Ah, well, we have all this library of stuff. Like, we keep six bottles of every barrel pick that happens. We still Just have six. We still have some more. Yeah. We still have all of the old stuff that my dad bought from Ed Foote's time at Old Bernheim. We've got." You know, this is massive library of yeah. insane stuff. And so we thought, why don't we open a bar and sell it? And if people want cocktails made from that, why don't we do that? Vintage cocktails. And I was like, and that's how you just created the most interesting bar in the country. Yeah. So just <laughs> overnight. <laughs> so we did that the second year. We we partnered with Chris Morris. Uh, you know Chris Morris, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, at the time, it was this place called Preamble down in Clear Lake. They're still called Preamble, but it's got kind of like a 1776 vibe to it. I'm going to drink the rest of this damn. Yeah. As soon as you walk in, there's a constitution <laughs> written out, and it's like framed. But so anyways, what we did is we sourced a bunch of old ingredients going back to World War II. So from like, I think the earliest bottle we had was 41. 
and it was like 41 year old scotch or no no sorry it was from 1941 but it was 10 year old scotch okay so, you know 31 yeah and then we got some old uh what's that liqueur with the fat bottom and it's usually wrapped in paper with a twist up top uh it starts with a d there's a um Oh, it's right on the tip of my. I'm not a cocktail guy. Drambuie? No, I have no idea. I'm there's a yeah. Things. No, there's an an old. D's. It's got kind of a D's. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> no more dad for you. Uh, no, there's um, I forget. But we we basically sourced a bunch of cocktail liqueurs. Yeah, including uh old uh not old chartreuse but but stuff from every decade going back eighty years That's so back cool. to World War Two. Yeah. And then we found Winston Churchill's great grandson. And we invited him to the event, and he came. And then Chris made period accurate cocktails from each decade. So oh, there was cool. one particular that's fun. one fucking yeah. nerd. <laughs> Just nerded out. There is one particular cocktail made that was popular during the '40s. So he recreated that using vintage ingredients. Oh, that's and cool. then the '50s, the '60s. Oh, that's super cool. So it was it was kind of neat. Yeah, definitely not to, to what well, we're doing. But I was just so fascinated with it, and he's such. You're such a nice guy, and their family is so involved in everything that goes on. That's another one I'm it, trying to get on the show, but I have asked, and he definitely said no. <laughs> True. I, I bet <laughs> if not, he's in town, yeah. he would just do to, it. Just, just didn't get the answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Whenever they switch distributors, uh, they were talking about getting him in market, and I said, hey, if you come, do the show. He just hasn't come yet. So w- when he does get into yeah. market, I'm sure he'll do the show, but well, I'm such a fan of, of Willett and what they've what done. What I find so interesting about them is – they have the flexibility, they have the latitude to do some true experimentation. Like other distilleries in Kentucky are so massive that it takes a lot of experimentation to move the needle on their production. And Willet is at the point where they can just kind of try a little bit of this for a little while and just shift, which is like nobody has that flexibility. Yeah. Kampar is not doing it. Buffalo Trace isn't doing yeah, it. I yeah. think twenty years from now you'll look back and you'll be like, that guy changed bourbon. Yeah, sure. I think yeah, he's no. doing some. Really I mean, he's cool. not in Bourbon Hall of Fame yet, right? I mean, nah. he definitely should be. I no. just realized. I mean, we'll just keep. Can we just keep going? Find a cut yeah. point. He's got so much flexibility to do, and what he wants to do is not create bourbon that tastes like other people's bourbon. Sure, which is what Texas is trying to do. Yeah, but <laughs> that's also another show. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the flavor profiles that Willet is going after in their I think six different mash bills um, gives them so much flexibility to make interesting flavor profiles that don't truly exist within the bourbon category sure. right now. And so we're sitting there, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I absolutely am obsessed with." y'all's approach to this what can we as a restaurant group a tiny little dinky restaurant group in houston do to help y'all out because we appreciate the barrel picks like we love doing that but i wouldn't say rinky dink i don't mean to blow smoke up both your butts but in 20 years from now people are going to look back in this era of houston's food scene and bar scene this I think the old I think this is the golden era of of the bar scene in houston and it and and i'm again not blowing smoke up your ass but the Chris Shepherds, the Morgan Webers, the Bobby Hugels, they are setting a precedence that can't be ignored. I guess what – thank you. But I guess what yeah, really intrigues me is that for our restaurant group, everything is still super day by day. Like for his restaurant group, everything is still super day by day. And when you go to Willet, it's still super day by day. It's like – so you're the same as Willett. Got it. You, you well, no, I mean, <laughs> Man, if I was, it'd be up. <laughs> you still see so many like, yeah, we're not doing this because we're not cash flowing to put this kind of money into that project right now. But one day we will. So it's something you, you want to do. You're just waiting for it to get there. Interesting growth. Every time we go out there, there's slower, interest, more interesting growth. Like they've, they're just whittling away at all these projects that, like he he said, you know, my dad bought all this bourbon from. Uh, uh, old Bernheim in the nineties and at 25, 26, 27 years old, 28 years old, that was good bourbon. Like yeah. it wasn't over oaked and something sure. about the way our rick houses breathe and heat and cool, uh, expand and contract. They age bourbon well for long periods of time. What I'm working on is maybe something that will never come to fruition in my lifetime. Like he's fairly young though. Right. I mean, he, yeah, he's in his, 30s. Mid probably mid to late thirties. Yeah. I think we're similarly aged. What am I doing with my life? I but yeah, dude, time. no doubt. But so 
he's like, I don't know what 35 year old bourbon tastes like. Because, 35? Yeah. Cause Sorry. I, I haven't no like every old bourbon that I've had that's in that range is, wasn't designed to go that long. Sure. Right. It just happened to go. That I long. think that's been the downfall of our new barrel requirement. Yeah. That's the reason why we don't see but super so, old. And if it is super old, it's most often yeah. garbage. So with the stuff that they're laying down, he's designing stuff to hopefully be able to go that long and not be just an oak bomb. And, but how would you even implement that? How would you design distillate to? to I go mean, I think it ha- that has to do with uh, mostly the wood that mm, stuff's aged in. Yeah, you know, he's doing cool things. Yeah, for sure. Much lower on the char, probably. I would imagine. Much. I think. Well, I think the and the longer age, longer and age on the yeah. wood before bigger barrels, longer toast, longer seasoning. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. yard seasoning. Yeah, uh, it's been an interesting. Uh, Development. I mean, I, uh, like I said before the show, I know that Willard is starting to release barrel picks to Texas, so we're going to see an influx this year specifically of these, you know, two, three, mm-hmm. eight, ten, maybe more of these Willard barrel picks show up, and um, it's at a nice little five, six year mark that I think is pretty. I mean, yeah, I think just ours at, is six and a half. Yeah, seven, I haven't tasted yours really. yet, but I, I had Poison Girls at, yeah. at the event the other night. It was I was very happy with it. So, man, I just think one, they're doing. I, some super interesting stuff. And if we can put old Bardstown in our 90 in our well and help them cash flow so they can do cooler I think we just changed over to. I'm into that. Yeah. I think we I just changed over. Yeah. So this is, this is the well then, right? So, so well, that's Bardstown well. bottled in bond. That's right, the no, Kentucky no, no, no. only right. release. Sorry, but the, the 90 proof version yeah. of that is what we use in our well. And everybody's like, dude, what do you drink at home all the time? And I mean, Bardstown 90, very old Barton bottled in bond. Like I don't drink crazy stuff at home at night. I do. I, I try to. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's like I'm Chris motherfucking <laughs> Shepherd. <laughs> the uh, no, I, I try to. I try to. I mean, I do with my wife. Like if if my wife and I are just in a mood to to just have a little moment together, because I always treat these like time capsules, right? This is a little piece of history. Yeah. We. I was talking. I was on this other guy's show. This guy I went to high school with has his own show in Clear Lake, and um, I love the guy. Couldn't be nicer. Pierre Castillo. He has a show called On Air with Pierre. And he was part of Laporte's little – Laporte's got a little hunky-dory town of like you know 20,000 people, 30,000 yeah. people. And they did a time capsule a few years back right after I graduated high school. And, uh, like 2013? Uh, 2005. And uh, I'm 31. And <laughs> Fucking baby. Yeah, yeah. Baby. Little baby. And they make a big deal about what they put in the time capsule. <clears throat> it's like cards from the elementary school. Yeah. And I'm like – we're staring at like this is History. from seventy eight. That's dude. What is that? I, For 40, 40, Am I doing it right? Forty. Yeah, forty two years ago. I like to think about ago. what my parents were doing like when this was bottled. This stuff. Like my dad had just graduated from college when this damn. When, was when did Alaska and Hawaii become? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's the kind of stuff. It's yeah. like you kind of want to get on Wikipedia and go down the deep dive and see. You're like, like we weren't. What, what was this going year, on this in America? Year we landed on the moon. Yeah. Got, I mean, absorb that. This city. Yeah. I mean, Houston went to the moon on that day. And you know, like that that lot allotment of um, estate sale bourbon that I found, the old Forester, the I.W. Harper, all That's, that. Like, I don't like all of it, right? Like, it's, inter- it's interesting, but it's different. I have it's a not- 68 or 65 I.W. Harper I think you'll enjoy. Yeah. I picked it up, got a hell of a deal out of it out of Europe for, for – 400 with shipping, and that yeah, means 175 good. of that was shipping. Yeah. So I got a really it's good deal. It's expensive to do it's that shit. Yeah. It's ridiculous to ship back. I'm like, man, I got this for a steal. Oh, <laughs> fuck, man. What well, happened? What I'm, <clears throat> you know, and I'll taste people on it just kind of as a novelty when they come over the house. Sure. Like, Dude, this is from 1956. It's like, whatever. It's different. It tastes like cherry sucrets. Like, oh, it's, it's a good way so of weird, it, yeah. you know? But what I want people to move away from is this definitive answer on whether this is good or bad. Oh, I, I talked about that with Ed Bly last week. Your, I get it. Your dad was a Buffalo Trace drinker. Just because you're trying something from Indiana or something from out of state doesn't mean yeah. it's bad. It just means it's Let's not your remove, thing yet. I, I saw some dude on... Can I go back to this? Yes, absolutely. I get down on this. I On this HBS the other day, he was like, oh, fucking uh, McKenna Tenure. This is garbage. Why is it garbage? And I'm like, man, maybe you didn't like it. Sure. But but it's not garbage. It's not for garbage. Sure. For sure, it's not garbage. Like, I don't know. It's and not I don't even know if I agree with Fred that it's the best whiskey in the world this year. No, I definitely don't agree with but, that. But I think not Old Forester Rye this year, no, that new That should have been 
That should have been up there. That's lights out. For for twenty bucks. Yeah, lights out. For twenty bucks, it's hands down the best release. Regularly available. Wife and I release. literally drank a bottle of it in two nights. We had two cases of it left from the Probably social. Probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, who cares? I mean, if anyone but, deserves a drink, it's your wife, right? I mean, the new no, the no. newborn. Yeah. God. But I just I want people to move away from this is garbage or this is bad whiskey or it's, this is it's, it's just it, like maybe it's, it's not your thing. Maybe it's just different. It's like I heard this guy. I'm not comparing McKenna tenure to the Mona Lisa, but like this guy that was, <laughs> he was like, oh man, the Mona Lisa sucks. And I was like, well, you know, when you say the Mona Lisa sucks, it doesn't put the Mona Lisa on trial. Sure. Like it is, you might not understand the Mona Lisa. You might not even like it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't suck. I definitely don't want to stand in seven hours and fucking see, see it. Yeah. Right. None of that says that this is bad. Yeah, it's not barbecue. No. So it's like, let's just. <laughs> I'm not think, doing that either. I think new people to bourbon are the. The worst. <laughs> I was going to say most peculiar. So, yeah. No, I'll say the worst. It, yeah, the, the goddamn worst. Because it's yeah. like, oh, this fucking sucks. And it's like, the only easy. Thing, the only thing worse than someone who thinks they're a bourbon expert. I've been drinking bourbon for 37 years. No, you've been drinking Buffalo Trace for 30. Like, you haven't drank anything outside your comfort zone. Yeah. The only thing worse than the old snob is the new snob, the one that's not willing to try outside their comfort zone. Uh, and listen, we've we've all we've had long discussions about the pros and cons of a Facebook group like HBS. I sure. love the group ultimately, but what yeah. we've done for sure is try to branch outside our comfort zone. We did MB Rollin', which is young stuff, Copper and Kings. I, I had a discussion with Fred Minnick in, in Louisville last year, back when he was on, uh, there's a food show. They just did a, fruit, a food show that was done um, in Kentucky with all the bourbon distillers. It's like the chopped. I yeah, think, I think it was chopped. Yeah, it was chopped. Yeah. So, so he just did Maker's Mark, and I had a discussion with him. Copper and Kings is killing it in Texas. They do a great job here, but he's like, no one buys it in Kentucky. Like, no one even. Heard. I mean, like, I can I, see that. I mean, I can see it too. I mean, the name of the episode I did with Joe was that it was uh, a madman. You yeah, know, yeah, one open a distillery in Bourbon Country, uh, making brandy, which it's fantastic, and I think that eventually people will realize widely. Widely accepted that this is fantastic brandy, but yeah. it's like I it's, don't go to Louisville for that, though. Correct, and that's the that's the general that's the consumer, right? Sure. Is you don't go to Louisville to drink brandy, right? And I mean, but, I enjoyed it, but uh, yeah, but I'll I, be honest with you. There's like four, I think four or five bottles of that sitting at my house, and I haven't touched it. God, I just can't keep it at my house because yeah. we just yeah. drink. We, we burn through it. it. Yeah, it, it's something that my my whole point is whether Enjoy or not, especially whether or not you. <laughs> yeah, but Lindsay won't. She drinks. She, yeah, she's champagne, wine. champagne, champagne, wine. wine. Hey, no, no complaint on the wine part. Yeah, no, no. Um, no. The the whole idea, whether or not you like something or don't like something, is that I I I think that you should continue being a minister. And I've said this about you and, and Aunt Flint. You guys have done a pretty good job of just your collection of. It's not a whiskey bar. You well, also and have mezcals and that's rums very and reflective and, of my home bar. You know, like, right? My Pasha, home bar same thing. Pasha's got a thousand bottles. So in his diverse. Bar. Yeah. And it's split up. I don't. <laughs> but it's okay to be a whiskey guy and have your own personal yeah, collection yeah, of whiskey. Like for me, like I won't even go down the Scotch Trail. Really? Fuck no. What What about turns you off? It scares the shit out of me. Because of the I'm, cost? I'm not no, because too far off. I know what happened when I started to really love bourbon. Dude. Oh, so you're right? afraid that you had, It's such a deep hole. You're going to have to build some shelving in your garage. I, my, my, my lady will not. Like she's pretty understanding when I she sees me. Like yesterday, I walked through the front door with two six packs. Like she's like, okay, cool. six packs of what? Whiskey or beer? Whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Two cases of beer. A whiskey is a different <laughs> <Yeah>. conversation. <laughs> and I started putting it up on the shelves, and she's just like, you know, you're gonna have to move a lot when we move, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. And she's like, okay, just so you know, like, did you? But there's no like, what are you doing? Sure. You know, but I know if we go down the Scotch path. It's going to open up some doors you're not bigger, comfortable with. Yeah. Like, palette. Dude. Oh, my God. Like, a, a meaning an artist palette. Yeah. It's such a bigger range of flavors. And so I just, like, when someone's like, hey, let's go out for a scotch, I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> I just refuse to do it because it's not like I don't want to be closed-minded. I'm afraid of what will happen. <laughs> there is a uh, – I know myself. There's a fantastic ad series, and I'm making it quick, Jack. Sorry. There's a fantastic ad series Sorry, that Lafroig did. Where they had people try Lafroy oh, for the first awesome. time. It's awesome, it right? It was the best. They're it like, was, it this was, is Band-Aids and this is and old boots. And awful. Someone that yeah. has made a career and a, and a very successful one on food and palates and, and flavors. I would Have you had Lafroy? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was about to say, I'd love to get your honest it's gonna be that. opinion about something that is so 
one, um, I wouldn't say one dimensional, but one direction and that direction is firewood. As a, as a cook, like <clears throat> I am a very opinionated person sure. when it comes to like my likes and dislikes. Um, and you know, mezcal and, and scotch and that really heavily smoky or peated, I just avoid, I'm not really into it. Just like I don't sit back and drink IPAs. To me, it's like lemon flavored cotton balls in your mouth. And I just, I don't, I can't get it. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't hit my senses right. I find that interesting only because you have such a, um, you know, you've done well with barbecuing food Mm -hmm. as well, right? Yeah. So I do find it interesting that you don't like smoked spirits. Right. Mezcal, particularly, I think is a fantastic, I, I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with someone who loves peated whiskey refuses to try mezcal and they live near you and i've said go over there go to a row flame like the the meat aspect of it is like integration of smoke into textural thing and that's to me what i get more off on on barbecue things you like the whole picture not just one yeah smoke doesn't do it for me it's the how did the collagen break down into smoke spirits yeah but i think it adds a really hey when it came out roush beers what's a roush beer the smoked beer yeah like, what are you doing? It sounds horrible. Tapping out now. Why? Like, I, it just yeah. does. I had some new company that's coming out in June. Uh, whiskey in a can reach out to me. They want to send me some whiskey in a can. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> I mean, I'll try it, but I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. You know. I mean, wine in a can has been fantastic. If, well, the, uh, if the slow and low <laughs> rock and rye in the little six ounce, no. four ounce can, if it wasn't so sweet, uh, I would yeah. always have that. Yeah, at the house. That's the only problem is it's a sugar bomb. It's, it's a sugar it's, bomb. It's, it's like, man, bomb. why did y'all make this a sugar bomb? We, we burned through an hour pretty quick, and I feel like there's so much more I want to ask you guys about food. So I have to get you guys back on. Um, this time I'll ask. And uh, <laughs> If you don't ask, yeah. it doesn't happen. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, Chris. I appreciate yeah, it. Pleasure. We got to go. Thanks, Chris. And Thanks, thank man. you, Morgan. Appreciate Always. it. Always a pleasure, buddy. And uh, without kind of took ado. a while to get ramped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And then all of a sudden, Jack's like, we got to end the show. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thank you, Jack.